0: don't like pencil extenders. I don't like wearing gloves. I like me and my tool and I feel better with that. Hello and welcome to episode number 11 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host Lenore and my co-host today is Dee. Les couldn't be with us today. So D, tell us, what's your medium and what's your poison? All right. So I
1: am writing with a Viarco handwriting pencil. It's a pencil that came in the recent CW Pencils uh, subscription box. It's pretty cool. It's like a, a white pencil with the alphabet on it in various forms, in cursive, in print, capital, lowercase. And it actually is surprisingly not scratchy like other Viarchos that I've used. So that's a pleasant bonus.
0: That's nice. I haven't gotten to play with that
1: yet. And I'm actually writing on a post-it pad. Oh. I recently cleaned my office and I scrawled away a bunch of stuff that was on my desk. And this is the only thing to write on. So it is a blue lined post-it. I find that post-its with lines on it are far superior
0: Ooh, I'm liking those, too. I got the post-it treasure chest last year. Okay. Um, Last last year. Last semester, which is earlier this year for most people, but it feels like last year to me. And um, that thing was really fun, but one of the things that was in it was some neon kind of larger size lined post-it pads, and I love them. They're great. Yeah,
1: No, they're really great, especially um, with, you know, when you're reading a book, you can not only use it as a bookmark, but annotate on it too. So,
0: ooh, yeah, nice.
1: Um And I'm just consuming water. I didn't have time to make a
0: fancy drink. I rushed you. <laughs> so that's it. All right. I'm drinking some uh Lapsang Suchong, which is a smoked tea. I didn't do any research about it, but I like smoky flavor, and I'm enjoying this one. It's in the afternoon, so I'm recording in my office, so... There's a beer waiting for me at home. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm writing with, you know, one of my favorites, which is just the regular old Blackwing Pearl. Nice. And yeah, I've got the one with the horses on it. You know, none of this rebranding stuff for me with trees and stuff. And I'm writing on the Baron Fig Mastermind because I can't find my little Mount Tom notebook that I have committed for RSVP. Like, I had it yesterday. I was coloring on it, and I can't find it today. I don't know what I did with it. So I'm just going to have to make this work. Yes. So what's exciting in your life right now? Well,
1: it is the first week of the semester. and oh, lucky. Yeah. Uh, it's a little intense. I am taking a credit overload. So I have 20 credits this semester.
0: Overachiever.
1: Yeah, I know, right? And as an older student... It feels like it's 40 credits. Luckily, a lot of the courses I'm taking are actually all of the courses I'm taking are psychology courses, which is my major. So it's stuff that I enjoy. So that's half the battle. And I've officially begun work on my thesis. So while I've been doing work over the summer, this is like, I have due dates and deadlines now. So that's exciting. And also nerve wracking. Yes. And I actually got a cool gig Doing unpaid work in a lab at school. I'm going to be spending a lot of my time in the lab coding data and entering data. Not exciting, but cool. Do you
0: enjoy doing that?
1: Well, coding is fun because I'm coding. I'm not, I'm, I'm doing observational coding. So I'm watching videos of people encoding their facial expressions. Oh. Yeah. So that's cool but sitting down and entering stuff into SPSS <laughs> SPSS is great but it's also like very clunky I don't know what you don't really like do you you, you use statistics right in chemistry
0: only very uh, uh, I personally only use statistics you know to a very limited extent oh, okay. in my teaching because of uh, you know what I can do with Excel basically and not even oh, okay. very hardcore with that
1: you yeah, know SPSS is this just clunky it's like a glorified excel spreadsheet so yeah. um that gets a little crazy because you you get into a rhythm of just you don't even have to look at what you're doing you're just keying but then yeah. if you mess up a line or you don't tab over enough you're like entering an entire data set into the wrong column so it's yes. it's not as fast as you you want it to be so but it's exciting because i i'm in my senior year and i'll be applying to grad school and it'll give me experience oh yeah so yeah so school is hectic work i'm back to work which is great i had my first day back at the writing center today actually and it was nice students were actually coming in and it's the first week of, of the semester which is promising usually students don't come in till they're frantic so right it's nice to see people making good use of it because the more people hey, come that's in great. Yeah. the more money is available to pay me <laughs> And give me oh, hours. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So th- that's what's really been going on. Just school and work and getting back into the swing of things. Actually having to set an alarm clock, which I haven't done in months. So <laughs> that's a little tricky because um, I have an 835 a.m. class. So.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Well, so my daughter's
0: <laughs> been in for almost a month already. So oh, wow. I've been having to set an alarm for a while. But this was the end of our third week. Yeah. I've got exams starting next week. Oh, no. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it's the start of a new semester. So I've got some new tools and I've got some old tools that I'm like, oh, yeah, I really like this. (laughs) And it's kind of nice to be back in the office. And, you know, this space that I inhabit that kind of feels like mine. Yeah. Because I didn't come in very much over the summer this year. Um, Most of what I needed to do, I could do working from home and Mm -hmm. with my daughter in camp and trying to get to the gym and things like that it was nice to be able to do a lot of work from home it's a luxury i recognize not everybody has but there's definitely drawbacks to it too as you know
1: yeah i mean there's something about being on campus that while some days are rough it just it feels better you feel like it's your space i don't know how to explain it
0: well sure because i mean academics are people who liked school so much they never left right yes
1: um, so you mentioned new tools and old tools. Um, what are the new things that you're using? I'm curious. Oh,
0: well, um, actually, like this Baron Fig Mastermind pad, I actually totally love. <laughs> it's a really good size and the paper's really nice. And I had forgotten how much I love just having, having a surface in front of me that I can just make any kind of mark I want to make. Mm-hmm. making sure a pen writes, writing down a phone number, whatever, that's very much how my brain works. And I used to have those huge desk sized calendar pads on my okay. desk. You know, even when I was in grad school, like I would shell out money for those every year. You know, I like having the calendar there, but as much as anything, it was just this giant space, you know, the infinite canvas kind of space to be able to write on and just make any kind of marks, any kind of notes I needed to make and then clean it off and have, you know, like peel off the top and have a new clean surface. (laughs) Yeah. You know, copy down a couple things. If there's something on there I still need, but it's, you know, it's just really nice. And to have that with the dot grid and the nice paper, I really, really like this thing. I I rolled my eyes a little bit when they were listing it, but then people talked about them like about liking it. And I saw the, I guess it was one of the interviews that the guys gave about how they'd wanted to do something like this for a long time, but just the shipping costs were so prohibitive for something that size. And so they were they were running some kind of a sale that besides the price reduction on the three-pack, it was also like there was another price reduction if you were ordering it with something else. And I just went for it. And I love it now. Nice. And I got the little dot grid uh, sticky notes, too. But I haven't been using those that much. I'm not into the sticky note part of the semester yet. <laughs> yeah, It's going to come I'm... up before long.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I use, like, Post-its. But, like, it's weird. This sounds really strange. But I have a Post-it pad that I haven't peeled off any of the pages. But I folded the page back to write on the next page. So it's like a little flip oh, yeah. book of notes. Right. So. Excellent. So anything else that you've been using? Or
0: is that just your main... Well, you know, the other part has been kind of pulling pencils out and and sharpening them up and being in my, most of my pencils are in my office. So my fountain pens are in my office. All my ink is in my office. Mm -hmm. So when somebody was asking, uh, there was a thing on Facebook maybe a week ago where people were talking about writing in their calendars. And I commented that I didn't, even though I really like the original Blackwing, I didn't use it for my calendar because it's too soft and I want to write small. Because I have the tiny little calendar from Word notebooks. What are the, I forgot what they call it. You know what I'm talking about, right?
1: Yes, but I forget as well.
0: Yeah, the teeny tiny one. I could hunt for it, but I, it would make a lot of noise and it wouldn't be very interesting. You know, so I need to write with something that's pretty sharp because I'm writing small in there. And, of course, somebody immediately said, oh, what do you use to write in your tiny calendar? And I was just like, I don't remember. <laughs> I actually... I don't know. I use whatever's handy that has a sharp point on it, but I just know that that would not typically be the MMX because it would not be likely to have a sharp point.
1: Correct. Because so. it's so soft.
0: Right. Exactly. I think it's usually something Viarco or something, um, you know, a Japanese HB or something like that. But, you know, I don't enjoy using hard pencils all the time, but they do have their purposes. And so then I was in my office and I was going through my pencil cups looking for things and I had a whole, you know, whole handful of black wings um, with the ferals moved around, whole, you know, a whole handful of hack wings. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, look at all this chalk I bought toward the end of last semester and haven't used yet. And <laughs> hey, I should put some notebooks away. And so it's been kind of fun um, encountering the stuff. I kind of snuck into my office and dumped this summer as it came (laughs) and now i actually get to play with it yeah so over the over the coming weeks i'll be i'm sure i'll be posting up pictures of the stuff i encounter that everybody else has already had their fun with but it's all like new to me
1: yeah i have this like ball jar that i use just to put black wings in right so the local the local art store by me sells singles so I'll, i'll buy like even though i don't need them i'll buy like Two or three, like if I'm in there for something else. So I emptied this ball jar because it was it was so full. It was like I guess the medium sized ones. It was so full I couldn't fit any more. Yeah, the pint. Um I found a dozen loose twenty fours, a bunch of seven twenty fives, like three or oh, four. Really? I know, right? I you know what must have happened? Oh. They must have got pushed to the center, so when I look at them, I just see like the recent stuff. You know. Right. Like I have a ton of the three forty fours. I actually like them a lot.
0: I like the three forty four, and I think maybe the three forty four, the seven twenty five, and the new one, the seventy three. I think those are my favorites. Yeah, of the volumes editions. Yeah,
1: so that was because they're fun. just so
0: pretty, so pretty.
1: I found some hidden treasures. It lessens the blow of having to sell a lot of my collection back over the summer, from the infamous beaver incident. <laughs>
0: gonna have to learn an instrument and start a band so that i can call it the infamous beaver yeah. incident because that's just
1: i tell that wow. story i tell that story to non-stationary people and they're floored that pencils saved me
0: <laughs> oh my gosh right you know yeah like and in a matter could of you hours possibly sell the you know how can you raise money by selling pencils that's yeah. insane i made that like Well, it be insane bucks. for you because all <laughs> yeah. of the pencils you own are probably crap but you know? Yeah,
1: no. I I made that five hundred bucks in three hours that night. Oh man! So it was it was really great. So do you want to get to the main topic today that we're talking about?
0: Yeah, I've been wanting to talk about chalk for a long time because this is something that um, that I use all the time and most people don't. Mm-hmm. But you know, like with everything else, there's kind of a well. There's not as much of a rabbit hole as there is with pencils this or is true. pens, yeah. not anywhere near as much, but you know, there's, there's a lot of things to think about and, and most people don't have to think about them. And I, I know we've talked about this before. You don't really end up using chalk no. because the writing center, you know, I'm assuming you're, you're just writing on paper with people.
1: Correct. Yeah. It's like one-on-one.
0: And, yeah. So, I mean, it's almost only a teacher or artist thing. Yes. Yeah. So um what got me started in even really thinking about this, when I first came to my current school, we were using alpha chalk and it was the it's it's larger sticks and the sticks are um hm, what are they the size of? They're like half of the size of a cigar. Okay. Um, so kind of fat, you know, not like the Crayola chalk you might that's in thinner. um, Is it,
1: is it like the Crayola sidewalk chalk diameter?
0: It's not quite as big as, as sidewalk chalk, but it's more toward that. Yeah. So these fat chalk sticks. And the reason that I was using those is because they were, well, because they were available for one thing, but because I teach in these giant lecture halls. Right. So, you know, like the classroom I was spending most of my time in that, that first semester seats over 300 people and i would have between i would have around 200 in it at a time and so you have to you know the fat chalk lets you lets what you're writing be seen from the back of the room yeah and we've talked about this a little bit before i hate powerpoint and i hate it for several reasons me too you know one is that i really like the infinite canvas <laughs> kind of model Where I can go off in different directions, you know? So if I were going to use the computer to do presentations, it'd have to be Prezi or something instead of PowerPoint. I just, I'm not going to limit myself to blocks like that. But I also think it's really important when you're a teacher that you have to slow down and do things at the same pace that the students are doing. them. And so when I'm writing on the board... I'm kind of limiting myself to the same pace of making notes that my students are limited to. Yeah. And when you have PowerPoints, you don't. So you tend to put way too much text on them. You tend to go through them really fast. Yes. Um, Your students... Can't keep up, and so they just want you to load your powerpoints and make them available to them. But then they're not taking notes, and they're not doing the cognitive work of translating what they're hearing and what they're experiencing into some kind of output. And that's actually cognitively, as as you know, and as we've talked yeah. about before, that's really important.
1: And I agree with you. What's really funny about this thing is last semester i had cognitive psychology and the professor only used powerpoints and oh no (laughs) it was my lowest grade of all the grades that i got last semester and i'm a psychology major (laughs) so and the class that that is you know was outside of my major you know the professor wrote on the board and i got so much better grades because you're right it's the pace i'm frantic like Like, I was in class yesterday and she was using a PowerPoint and I'm frantically trying to get it all down, but I'm not listening.
0: Right. Of course. Of course you're not. And if, you know, and if you're one of the people who's just like, oh, well, she puts her PowerPoints up so that we can just pay attention in class and not have to focus on writing everything. Like, that's kind of the worst of both things. Yes. Because you're not doing that output, you know? No. So I just, I'm, I'm ideologically opposed to PowerPoint. And then you have a whole bunch of people who are like, oh, I just download the PowerPoint notes. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's completely useless because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're, you know, unless you're actually writing down a paraphrased version of those PowerPoint notes, yeah, Um, they are doing nothing for you. So, you know, so, um. So I really enjoy that. And I'm not, I'm not meaning to offend any teachers in the audience or anything like that because we all do our own thing. But for, yeah. for my process, I think it's really important. Also, actually, that the students kind of see my process because I'm not writing complete sentences on the board most of the time. You know, I will say something and then I'll write a couple of words and we'll say more about it and maybe we'll draw a picture and maybe we'll put labels on the picture, but yeah. it's not... Um, I don't think it's really useful for anybody to just be reading complete sentences that the teacher puts on the board.
1: Yeah. And I think isn't, I mean, I took last time I took a chemistry course was like high school, but, you know, say you're writing out like a chemical reaction, it's helpful to show like, this is where it's at now. And this is where it goes and do that in live instead of just having the finished product.
0: Absolutely. That iterative process. And that takes... Um, especially when you're writing in chemistry, you've got symbols and you've got superscripts and subscripts and you've got pictures and you've got all of this stuff that um, PowerPoint and even Prezi are really not really not adapted to those no. purposes. No. And if you're going to animate that stuff in PowerPoint in the way that, makes sense for the process of going through and generating it, it takes a massive amount of time, like an insane amount of time to do a good job on that. And so what do people do when they're making PowerPoints? They just type in the chemical reaction and then they talk about it when it comes up, but the students never see that process of how we go through this. Exactly. So I think it's, I think it's really important to be doing those things with my students. And so I do it in chalk and people make fun of me, for that sometimes, like, you know, like it's this weird thing, or I don't know, like it's lazy, or like it's old school, or like, I don't know how to use technology. And I'm just like, sit down, and I will hand you some papers. yeah. (laughs) And after you have done your homework on the cognitive research behind this, we can have a conversation about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, I I prefer it. I, I learn so much better. And I don't know, maybe it's age, maybe, that's a thing too. You know, a whole no, time.
0: everybody learns. Most people learn better that way, but the students don't think they do because they think that having to do that work is, is actually taking away from yeah. what they're learning rather than that work being what they do to learn. Right? Exactly. So they really love having PowerPoints posted on Blackboard, but it's not, you know, they also really love, you know, Starburst and pizza. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, and those things are perfectly fine, but they're not healthy if it's all you get. Correct. So, you know, what are you going to do? But so anyway, um, we were using this chalk and it was good. It's um, it's dense and it writes well and it erases well. And then Alpha reformulated their chalk. And the new chalk was like dust held together with spit or something. I mean, it was awful. And, I mean, you. It, I think the sticks, I don't have any of them now to compare, but I think the sticks probably weighed about a third as much. Oh, wow. And just like you would put it on the on the chalkboard and this dust would just sheet down the chalkboard from where you were writing. And I would come out of classes just covered in dust. And, um... So I got really frustrated with that and I started trying to find different kinds of chalk. And so then I'm, I'm going into the office supply store and I'm going into the art supply store and I'm going into the, you know, teaching supplies and, I'm encountering the same two or three things over and over again. And they're not great. Yeah. And then, uh, somebody on the, I think it was in the erasables group, somebody posted this article about this Japanese chalk company <laughs> <laughs> that made this magic chalk and how physics and math teachers all over the world were panicking because this company was going to go out of business and they were going to start, they stopped making this chalk and people were hoarding cases of this oh, wow. chalk because it was so good. And the article's really funny. If I could find it, I'll post a link to it in the show notes because um, it was really interesting. But, you know, I, I I had never thought about it before, right? And the name of that chalk was, or the name of the company was Hagoromo, H-A-G-O-R-O-M-O.
1: Okay.
0: And um, there was this one woman in California that was kind of selling it out of her home. You could order this chalk from her. But then they... They reformulated and they moved the production to Korea mm-hmm. and they responded to the demand and they started making this chalk again. And it's, it's, um, you know, I don't know if it's as good as the old formulation, but it's very, very good. But then I got into, you know, Japanese companies' chalk and, um, so. You know, so, okay, so here's some of the things to look for if you're interested in looking for chalkboard chalk. First of all, it's really different from sidewalk chalk because the the purpose of sidewalk chalk is to perform on rough surfaces. Okay. And so the, the sticks tend to be hard and they're not made to erase because you don't need to erase sidewalk chalk. No. Right? So, you know, for a while I was trying every brand of sidewalk chalk i could get my hands on thinking maybe one of these would work on the chalkboards in these giant lecture halls but they don't write well on the board they're very scratchy by and large um sometimes they don't really come off well on the like they like yeah, they like, too hard
1: i was gonna ask you a quick question about that so like it wasn't sidewalk chalk it was like prang chalk it was like really crappy chalk but um I had tried it and it erased, but it left like a ghost of what was written and we couldn't get it off the board. Like we had to wash the board. Oh, like you board. never could.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Were you doing it on a brand spanking clean board, like a washed board?
1: Uh, yes, because it was in the writing okay. center. We have a chalkboard in there.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, Chalk. All of the chalk tends to ghost worse on an absolutely clean board. In fact, uh, for a little while we had somebody in the building that I was teaching in all the time, some, I guess it was the custodial staff there was actually cleaning the boards with water every night. Okay. And it was really frustrating because, (laughs) you know, I would walk into these giant, completely clean chalkboards knowing that until they got a little bit of a layer of dust on them, everything that I wrote was gonna have a ghost. So um, it's actually, you know, it's kind of like, what do they call it when you have a an iron frying pan seasoning the pan yes right? yeah um it's actually worse if they're completely bare they they perform best with a thin layer of
1: yeah it's almost like at home like my walk like i don't want i don't wash it with soap and scrub it because it needs to have that seasoned kind yeah. of you know you actually put oil on it before you put it away
0: Right, right. And that's, yeah, it's kind of important if you want it to perform well and not stick. Yeah, same kind of thing. Um, So the Prang was actually the best of the American brands that I could find when I was hunting through this, because at least it would actually consistently make marks. You know, it didn't ghost as much as the others. Mm -hmm. And it erased, you know, it erased better and it didn't follow. It didn't create quite as much dust. And then just to talk about the types again. The sidewalk chalk also just does not erase well at all. It's not really made to erase. Um, Art chalk, liquid chalks, these are not about erasing, right? Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, those are not an option for somebody who's teaching in the classroom. And, you know, that kind of stuff can be great for the specials board at the coffee shop or, you know, for actually making art. Yeah. But they're not good for just putting stuff up on the fly, erasing it, and putting up new stuff. So the three main American brands that were easy to get a hold of were Crayola, Sargent, and Prang. And there are others um, that are a little bit less common, like, you know, Art and some of the other Crayola-level brands. Yeah. They The sticks of those are all about the same size um, in the neighborhood of 8 centimeters long and um, just under a centimeter across, 9 millimeters, give or take okay uh in diameter and just to kind of give you an idea about the difference between the crayola and the Prang, um i i weighed some of these before we got on today and the Prang, the stick brand new stick of Prang weighs 9.8 grams
1: okay
0: the brand new stick of crayola weighs 4.3 grams oh wow Does yeah it's have... less than half as dense do you
1: think that has to do with like um, like binders or pigmentation, because I noticed with the Prang, they were more vibrant colors.
0: Yeah, I think some of it is how. Well, okay, uh, I was only looking at the white chalk. The colored chalk okay. is a whole other beast. It, there is a whole other story to get into there, but I didn't weigh those, so I don't know how much difference there is in those formulations between, okay. you know, between the white and the colored chalk. But as with colored pencils you have this kind of trade-off between the structure of the stuff and the pigment because the pigment doesn't usually give you good structure, right? Yeah. So, you know, to make something out of just a stick of pigment, it's probably not going to give you the qualities <laughs> that you're looking for yeah, no. in an art supply of any kind. So you're kind of taking this pigment and you're necessarily diluting it with the Whatever the material is that gives you the actual structure, the binder, the ability to apply it and have it stick to the page. Um, Prang does a better job on the pigments for sure than Crayola does. And I'll tell you the truth. I keep one box of Crayola chalk in my office okay, just to punish people with <laughs> if they say things like, It's just chalk. How much difference could it make? And I'm like, yeah. Here! <laughs> I will show you. (laughs) Here's a stick of Crayola and here is a stick of Hagaromo, (laughs) you know, right on the board with them because the Crayola is just horrific. It's so bad. It falls apart into dust. It's scratchy. It's like sandpaper on the board. Yeah. Compared to the better formulations, Uh, it doesn't erase well. The sticks are gone in no time because there's, you know, because they just dust off so fast. So, yeah, but the Prang was definitely better. And of the American brands, the Prang is very serviceable. And I was using that for about a year and a half um, before uh, before I found this these Japanese brands and kind of branched out a little bit. Um, so now, what's the difference, you know, like what makes those Japanese brands better is kind of like, you know, what's the difference between a dollar and a half pencil and a dollar and a half per dozen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right?
1: Although... I mean, that's not always true. I mean, look at my neon casemates. I exactly.
0: Mean, Sometimes you, know. you get lucky, right?
1: But usually, you're correct. Like a black wing or a random made in China pencil that you can get for ten dollars
0: a gross, right? You know, or any um, any Japanese pencil that you pick up, right? I mean, there's the Tombow Epos. There's there's Epos that are pretty cheap. Yeah. Uh, you know, as pencils go, but they're, um, but they're really, really nice. You know, they're going to be better than any random store brand pencil is likely to be in the US. So, you know, I, like I keep saying, Japanese school children have better supplies than <laughs> than most American executives. Yeah. I mean, like
1: I, one day we're going to have to do like an episode on it and have like guests or something like, is it that they just put more stock into the importance of stationary products? Like, I've almost moved, besides my neon casemates, I've almost moved to, like, exclusively Japanese, like, supplies.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And I, I wonder how much of it is just um, sample bias that yes. the stuff that comes over here is only the good the best, stuff. best, yeah. Because, and, you know, you could say the same thing about some of the Chinese things, because, um, you know, the things that we get over here from China tend to not be very high quality correct but like the changwa pencils those are really nice yeah they are actually so you know i've got some high end chinese uh stationery that's just excellent stuff but the pencils you get from oriental trading post not so much oh, right
1: no, those are bad
0: yeah so um i do think that there's some sample bias there or i suspect um, but yeah, I would love to have somebody on the show who's from or has lived in Japan and yeah. could tell us like what's actually on whatever the equivalent of Walmart is.
1: We should just go to Japan. Me and Les. I should. Yeah. Oh my God. We should.
0: That'd be the best. i got a lot of places I want to go actually. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so the
1: three, um, go ahead. No, I was just going to say getting back to chalk. I mean, I had some questions, but I want you to finish your line of. Whatever you were going to say.
0: Oh, so just generally, I was going to say the um, the most noticeable immediate difference with the Japanese chalk versus you know the typical. And I've got I'm I'm taking the fact that I have three different brands that are, as far as I know, unrelated to each other as you know. Hopefully, that's representative, right? Yeah. Um, the sticks are thicker; they're a larger diameter. 10 or 11 millimeters rather than the nine millimeters for the American, which doesn't sound like it would make that much of a difference, but it's a, I mean, it's a 10% difference, right? I mean, that's significant. That's pretty significant. And then, um, the density is higher. They're, they're noticeably heavier when you pick them up. But my favorite thing about all three of these brands is that they have this really light coating of, I don't know if it's plastic or enamel or what, but, About three quarters of the stick is coated in this very, very thin coating that keeps your hands clean. And as you're writing, it just goes right through. You don't notice it at all.
1: Yeah. But it keeps
0: your hands clean while you're writing. And they create very little dust and they go on with this just smooth kind of silkiness, much less uh, scratchiness, much less feedback. And they erase cleanly. And so, you know, that's been really nice. And I can get into the, some of the specs and stuff like that if you're interested. But um... yeah,
1: like um, th- to comment on the the little whatever covering is on them. Like when you sent me that box of chalk, mm-hmm. um, I was unpacking everything and I had the unfortunate experience of grabbing the alpha chalk. <laughs> and it is just a hot mess. Like and it even it, it looks like I'm looking at it now. It's like. Not even, like, it looks like someone made this by hand. Like, it looks extruded or something.
0: Yeah, it's not, it's not very uniform. Yes, that is true.
1: But yeah, it's, it's gross.
0: Yeah, you pick it up and you just, it feels powdery. It feels, yeah, it feels kind of dirty when you pick it up.
1: Yes. Um, Well, my question, I guess it kind of relates to this is, um, I actually don't know what chalk is totally made of.
0: Yeah, I was going to actually I totally meant to look up some stuff about this before we got on and I forgot cuz I was down another rabbit hole. Yeah. But it's usually some combination of calcium carbonate and magnesium carbonate. Okay. And chalk is not a very specific term. Um you know, and and you can have some other compounds in there like I think some of the formulations include some sulfate as well as some carbonate. Mm-hmm. So, and they're not, you know, it's not one substance, I guess, is kind of the point. Um, I I have looked into this in the past, and so, obviously some of the information is proprietary about what kind of binders and, yeah. and things that they use in it, but um, my suspicion is that they're taking a slurry of finely ground stuff and combining it with some kind of a binder that will harden up and compressing that into those blocks um, but i don't I don't really know, and i I was not able to find out a lot of details about the process okay of making them yeah, so magnesium carbonate, calcium carbonate are two of the things that might be used there, which is uh limestone and dolomite fundamentally. I, I don't have a better answer for you.
1: Yeah, no, I always wonder because of the variations, like, oh, is this company using less of this and that's why it behaves this way? Or, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, um, so my suspicion, and again, I don't really know, right? Yeah. But my suspicion is that just like when you're talking about graphite, how completely and thoroughly ground up the material for the core is yeah. before they make the cores through whatever process they use to do that, the less you get those bits of grit and the, you know, that scratchiness mm-hmm. to the finished product. So, um, and i I, I encountered this with some of the kinds of sidewalk chalk that I was using. There would actually be kind of gritty spots in it, just like you sometimes get a little piece of grit in, yeah. in a pencil so yeah it was it was interesting, and then there's a zillion homemade chalk recipes on the internet. oh yeah, I've seen that those. have you using plaster of Paris typically or something like that, and those are not usually again it's they're not really optimized for <laughs>
1: writing on the board
0: <laughs> for writing on the board and plaster of Paris is calcium sulfate, which is what kind of leads me to think that some of these chunks are probably made of a combination of calcium carbonate and calcium mm-hmm. sulfate. Because that plaster of Paris, when you add water to it, there's actually a, a chemical reaction. It's not just drying. Okay. It's rearranging itself into a different chemical arrangement of those, um, of those atoms and ions and molecules where the water is trapped in the crystal structure. Okay. And so it's not just drying, it's actually, you're actually carrying out a chemical reaction. Most of the water that you add in there is staying, which is why you have to have the ratios right. Correct. And um, so when it's hardening up, it's, it's forming a new crystal structure, which is kind of neat. And calcium carbonate does the same thing to some extent, where, it's, where there are water molecules that are trapped in the actual structure of the crystal um, rather than it drying out, which is why concrete works the way it does, right? Or cement works the way it does. Yeah, there's a lot to it.
1: Yeah, it's, I never thought of it on that level. Like I just figured, oh, did of you course this you and didn't. Why would you? <laughs> I, yeah, I have no reason to.
0: <laughs> That's not your kind of nerdery. Exactly.
1: Although I envision you laying in bed at night, not being able to sleep, thinking about plaster of Paris or something.
0: Yeah, except I usually just look it up. And actually, um, <laughs> Wikipedia, for all its faults, is usually pretty good on basic science stuff. Yes. And there was a, an, a couple of articles that came out a few years back where a bunch of experts were deployed to evaluate the accuracy of information on Wikipedia versus mm-hmm. in textbooks, or encyclopedias and yeah. Wikipedia actually did better than a lot of textbooks.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, so. I use it as a starting point. I yes. Because you know, then you go to the bottom and you go to the actual references and go from there.
0: Sure. Yep. And I've actually corrected things on Wikipedia and had people correct them back again to the old thing that was wrong. Yeah.
1: It gets a little politicky.
0: Well, no, I mean, it was just science, but people are just like, oh, well, this is wrong. That's not how I learned it. And they go in and fix it. You know, And in fact, the way that they learned it is incorrect. and
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. But what are you going to do? Um,
1: my other question is, I guess, semi related, because I find that that so that box of chalk that you sent me, you packed it really well, but some chalk still broke. Yeah. Um, and I guess my question is twofold. Like, you know, I was asking what it was made of, because I wanted to know how that attributed, how hardness was attributed to the materials that it was made of. But also, and this is just an accessory question, how do you carry around your chalk? Because I'm assuming you don't leave it in the classroom.
0: No, I don't. That's a really good point. I do not leave it in the classroom because it would be gone yeah. the next time I went in there. And I mean, yeah, that's that's one of the chronic problems is that I, I teach in, um, I don't know, seven or eight different classrooms around campus in any given semester. And there's never chalk or working whiteboard markers in them. So I have to always carry that stuff with me. And um, my system is to just have a giant tote bag for each course I'm teaching. Okay. And uh, I actually carry my chalk around in Altoids boxes. Okay. Because they're about the right size. Yeah. And I've got one, I've got a couple of them that I lined with, you know, just a thin layer of some foam packing material. But really, I I, I carry it just in, an, in a box that's not lined a lot of the time. And as long as you don't drop the box, it's You're fine. Going. Yeah. Yeah. For them to just be in a tote bag, as long as, you know, they're, they're fine. But yeah, it's brittle. It's real brittle. And I haven't encountered any that's not brittle. Yeah. With the Japanese companies, the Hagaromo Chalk and the Uma when you buy a big box of those, it's a box of 72 sticks. Okay. And those are both packed in a way that there's, they're vertically in the box with separators that are, um, styrofoam. I'm trying to figure out how to describe this in the radio, but it's kind of like an egg crate. If you, if you laid it on its side, each of those styrofoam sheets would just have a bunch of grooves in it for the pieces okay. of chalk. Um, so they're flat on one side and grooved on the other. And so each piece of chalk is sort of snuggled from one side and then just against a flat surface on the other side. Okay. Like, like eggs stacked up for shipping. They usually have arrived with very few broken pieces. Actually. It's, it's impressive that in a box of 72, um, shipped from Japan or Korea, Mm -hmm. there'll be like, you know, two or three broken sticks in there. The Rikagaku, goes a little bit farther if you order their five pack or I guess it's a six pack whether it's you know six sticks of the same color or the color assortment of stick of six sticks it's a little plastic case that has each piece of chalk sort of snuggled in a channel Mm -hmm. and those are openable reclosable little cases oh that's nice That are pretty nice. Yeah. So a couple of those I've used to carry chalk around to class too, but it's not quite as much protection, uh, within a bag. Um, it's not quite as much protection as the Altoids tin. It probably gives better protection to dropping, but -hmm. it gives less protection to being squashed by something else that's heavy in the bag. Yeah. So yeah, the Altoids tins are the best. That's what I've been using.
1: Yeah, no, because I always like, because I, like I said, in that well packaged box, there was some chalk Mm -hmm. that was broken. And I guess I'm having all these questions because I'm not a chalk pro, but do you use an extender with your chalk?
0: Um, I did when I was, my friend Laura actually, um, when I was grousing about the horror of the reformulated alpha chalk, Uh um, my friend Laura sent me two boxes of praying chalk and a chalk chuck an extender, mm-hmm. um, a holder. And it's not as much about extension as it's about keeping your hands clean. Okay. Um, and that was nice, but it didn't fit the larger diameter Oh uh, yeah, Japanese chalk. Okay. You have to order, basically, you have to just order a special extender for those. Mm-hmm. And I would need two because I would need one for each bag because <laughs> I teach two different courses. <laughs> yeah. Right. So owning one of those was not really, uh, was not really useful for me. I need this preloaded bag that has everything in it that I can yeah. just, you know, grab. grab. Um, but with the coatings on them, I haven't really needed it. And I don't like the larger diameter of the chuck as well. You know, and I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit weird about stuff like that. Like we've talked before, I don't like the bullet pencil. I don't. like pencil extenders I don't like jumbo pencils I don't like wearing gloves I just you know I like I like me and my tool and I feel better with that but they do make chalk chucks or holders or extenders or however you want to think of them for those larger diameter Japanese chalks you just have to you have to order that
1: yeah because I was thinking more from an extender standpoint because obviously you're going to get to a point where the chalk is so tiny that like I don't know. It feels weird that I don't want to write with it anymore. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, and then you throw it away and it's like, I don't know. Yeah. But it's just like a pencil, you know, you reach a point where there's, yeah. You know, where even with an extender, you can't. Yeah. And so with the chalk, there's this kind of delicate thing about the leverage on it because it's such a soft material. Mm -hmm. So when you get down to a little nubbin, there's it's really kind of hard to put enough of it into an extender to hold it without then running the risk of scratching the collar of the extender on the board True. when you're writing. Yeah, because there is that. Angle. So yeah. So you do yeah, you do run out of space on it. And I just don't worry about it that much, you know. Um that's the point where I actually go ahead and leave the nubbin in the classroom so that if somebody picks it up, they'll know what they're missing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Did you have other questions? What 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 um, struck you as you were using these? Well,
1: as I was like looking, as I used the chalk that you had sent, obviously the Japanese ones were far superior. Like <laughs> obviously. Like <laughs> what's funny though is I didn't realize. Like you said, oh yeah, they're better, and I believed you because most Japanese stationery tends to be a little bit better than what we have here. But I didn't realize how, to the degree of how much better like
0: yeah it's hard to convince people
1: yeah like i i did what i do with pencils i used the i think i was using crayola because that's what we have at work we have like a weird chalkboard in the writing center that we just write quotes on or draw pictures on like it's not used for anything Uh um so i'm writing with the crayola and i'm like ah this is pretty crummy experience but this is how chalk feels and then i wrote with the (laughs) other chalk I think it was a Hegaromo first and I was like, oh my. It's yes. like it was like going from, I don't know, like like a pencil worth a penny to writing with like a black wing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean if you think about whatever the crappiest off center core splintering wood foil wrapped pencil with a crooked ferrule and a crooked eraser. Yeah. Like that you can think of that barely makes a mark on the page and it's scratchy and you yeah. have to pick the wood off to just be able to <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then you think about picking up a blackwing or a Mitsubishi yeah. um Uni.
1: Exactly. It's it's just night and day and I think I think with me I knew it was better but until you do that exact direct comparison in the moment Yeah. You
0: don't realize how much better. Um, Yeah. And then all of a sudden the Crayola is, is like garbage. It's giving you chills every time you write with it because it's so, it's so scratchy and it's so awful. And you kind of didn't realize how awful it was. And honestly, like the Prang does not cost. I think the Prang chalk, I ordered some from Staples and I had it shipped to the store. And the reason I had it shipped to the store was that they always underpack it and it comes and it's rattling around in this giant box mm-hmm. and it's all broken. And I was like, okay, if I have it shipped to the Staples store and go pick it up, yeah, then I can open it right there. And be like, it's broken. And if or... it's broken, I can be like, okay, this is why I had it sent here. I need some sent to me that's not already in pieces, Right. And I did that. And of course, the first shipment was in pieces and they replaced it. But I felt bad for doing that because it was literally like three dollars for six boxes of chalk. Yeah. Like it is not expensive, but I just didn't want to deal with it. You shouldn't you shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to. So I don't know how much the Crayola is, but it's hard to see how it could be enough less than 50 cents a box to make it worth that being what you buy and it is literally the worst name brand chalk I have used
1: yeah well it's like the whole argument that I've been seeing going around Facebook about parents um, you know I'm not trying to invalidate their experience because obviously everyone has different levels of ideas of what things are worth or what they should be valued at but the Ticonderoga argument of like
0: no Ticonderogas are way too expensive I'm not spending my money on that stuff
1: yeah (laughs) Like, but for me in anything in life, I buy the most, like, I buy the best thing that I can afford. So for example, like, you know, say, say you buy like I, my mountain bike, I spent over a thousand dollars on it, but I've had it for five years and it's been good to me before that I'd spend $250 on a mountain bike and get a new one every year. So over time it's cheaper.
0: Yeah, if you read Terry Pratchett, this is the Sam Sam Vimes theory of economics. So Sam Vimes is one of the characters in the recurring characters in the books, and he's a policeman. But he comments that um, a good pair of boots costs fifty dollars, but they'll last you for ten years. Yes, and an okay pair of boots costs ten dollars in this fictional place, but you have to buy a new pair every year because they wear out. Yeah. So over 10 years, a rich person spends $50 on boots and has dry feet, but a poor person spends $100 on boots and still has wet feet all the time.
1: Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> like,
0: so this is what I think of when people are like, oh, no, I just buy the cheapest thing I can find. I'm like, well, okay, but half of them are going to have off-center cores and half of them are going to have shattered cores. And if somebody's dropped the box, they're all going to have shattered cores. And every time you're trying to sharpen them and erase with them, chunks of the core are just falling falling out. Yeah. Oh, and your kid hates writing because writing sucks for them. Yeah. Like, this is why your kid hates to do homework, right? So, um, and the chalk is the same way. You know, like, okay, so say... 50 cents a box is too much for chalk and the Crayola costs half as much. Well, guess what? There's less than half as much chalk in there because the stick of Crayola is four grams and the stick of Prang is nine grams. Yeah. So like you're still not getting a deal even if it's half as much. Yeah.
1: But it's hard. So, I mean, in the moment, people don't think about that, you
0: know? No, they don't because they're like, oh, look, this is, this is Crayola. Crayola is pretty good stuff, right? We got the Crayola chalk. It's just chalk what difference could it make? A lot. I'm like, well, I'll tell you all about what difference it could make, but then you'll never speak to me again.
1: Yeah. So. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I'm always of the, buy the best that you can afford. And I mean, absolutely. If, if that's the, the gross of $10 pencils, then so be it, but you're going to be disappointed.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's true. Yep. So anyway, yeah, that's, so these are the things that I think about, you know, I'm a teacher. But I like I like to have nice tools and um I should have looked up the prices for these uh Japanese, but I'll I'll put links I'll, yeah, in I'm the actually, show notes because they're easy to get hold of.
1: Um on Amazon right now and Rikagu is that a
0: Rikagaku?
1: Yeah, Rikagaku. There we go. For seventy two pieces of white chalk it's twelve dollars.
0: Yeah. You know, there you go.
1: Whereas two boxes so, so two it's two dollars a dozen. Yeah. But where Crayola you know, you get three boxes of 12 for $6.32. Like, you know what I'm saying?
0: Like, come on. So it's $2 a dozen. Yes. So they're the same damn price. So go with the better one. Oh my gosh. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So there you go.
1: Um, Plus, I like the description. It says, reliable product that is gentle to your body and light touch to your finger.
0: Oh, nice. (laughs) You just made my day with that. So
1: I will definitely link this in the uh, show notes. Um, And there's a bunch. I mean, the most expensive I've seen is the neon colored ones. And those are $17 for 72, which to me is still reasonable.
0: Yeah, it's actually not bad. And um, the one thing that we didn't talk about was kind of how to use the colors. Um, If you're thinking about using colored chalk in a classroom, Uh, as a teacher, it's really, really worthwhile to take the colors right on the board with them and walk to the back of the room. Yes. And see what it looks like. Because what happens if you're in a large classroom, some of the colors just cannot be seen from the back of the room, depending on the color of the chalkboard and the size of the room and the size of your writing and all of that. And some of them just look the same as white. Um, So typically, if you have a light blue or pink, a lot of times those just look exactly the same as the white chalk. And then there's, which is fine, you know, but there's no point trying to use them for the kinds of things that people would normally be thinking about, like color coding their notes or something like that, because you're not going to get that impact. Exactly. Um, When I buy an assortment of different colors of chalk, there's usually only one or two colors in there that are worth bothering with in the classroom because they can be seen but look different from the white yeah so it's one thing to think about when you buy these yeah definitely. and then the shipping is always i i always read the reviews um mostly for notes about the shipping because even if you have a product that you know you like you know check and make sure the shipper is sending them because these require a lot of care to pack yeah they really definitely. do well, so yeah thank you that was really
1: informative like <laughs> i want to go Buy a giant chalkboard now.
0: I'm glad you now know so- all about something that you don't actually have any opportunity to use in your everyday life. Well, I could make
1: myself use it, like in my office at home. I'll just get a chalkboard.
0: That's true. You could. We actually bought a chalkboard at an antique store last year mm-hmm. for like sixty bucks, and um, and my husband poly the frame, like mm-hmm. sanded and yeah. polyurethaned the frame, and it's it's gorgeous. I love it. I, it makes me happy every time I see it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, just like
0: having it in my house.
1: Well, hopefully one day I will be teaching and I will use chalk, but by then probably chalkboards will be gone.
0: I don't know, they might have come back. Well, yeah, I mean Cuz whiteboards are whiteboards are terrible.
1: They are they're horrific and all that like I guess it's plastic, like when you erase so it. So much
0: plastic. That yes.
1: like it's just flakes of everything it's gross yeah and
0: they wear out fast too like the boards get scratched and then they don't erase yep um and they have to be replaced and they're really expensive you know whereas a chalkboard could have been hanging there for 50 years and it's still exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: so well this has been great and fun you've inspired me all right go forth um, and chalk yes um so i can lead us out oh yeah do that so I want to take a moment to thank everybody, like always, for their supportive words on the website and the Facebook group. I really enjoy seeing um, comments on Facebook that not only encourage us, but just the interactivity of the community. Um, I'm finding that a lot of you are in both Erasable and RSVP. And you're choosing to post certain things to RSVP that, that you wouldn't have not been able to post it erasable but stationary things so it's cultivating this conversation around stationary which i really
0: enjoy i love that too love it and
1: it's just been great and again the community is great just like erasable it's very low low key laid back there's no drama so it's been really wonderful to get all that support um and i just want to thank you for those who continue to support us so online, you can find us at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. You can also find us on iTunes or any other um, podcast place, I guess you say. Sources. Yeah, I, I don't use anything. So, And since Les isn't here, I will plug her stuff for her. Um, you can find Les's website at comfortableshoesstudio.com, on Facebook at Comfortable Shoes Studio. Instagram and Twitter at original L.C. Harper. Myself, D. you can find me at theweeklypencil.com, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Weekly Pencil.
0: And you can find me, Lenore, at Twitter occasionally, at Lenore underscore Hoyt, and on Facebook either through the RSVP Stationery Podcast group or the Erasable Podcast group. Hey, Dee. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I've missed you. I've missed you too. And I miss less. I'm looking forward to when we can get back together again. Yeah. I'm really sad that she wasn't with us today. So. I am too. But thanks a lot. Yes. So uh, till next time. Yes. Bye.
1: Bye.